I was in so much pain and misery in life that when I got born again, my first thoughts about God sending the Holy Spirit to fill me and lead me and guide me were more like, oh God, take my place, let me leave. You can use my body and my life to do whatever you want and let me out of this miserable place called life and in this world. Stay to the end of this episode so I can share with you three big keys to growing in your relationship with God and one big prayer that could be life-changing for you. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. When I was first born again, I was actually in the army. I was a parachute infantryman in the first Gulf War. And I was just literally miserable. We had gotten to Saudi Arabia and we had been there for a little while. And this is before the actual quote unquote war started. It was during a time called Desert Shield. So there was Desert Shield and then something called Desert Storm, and Desert Shield was quote-unquote a training exercise, and Desert Storm was actual, there was war declared and stuff. I was just miserable. I had been miserable way before I got into the army, though, and it was partly because of being so miserable and even depressed that got me to even join the military and and join the army, and I thought that everything about the army was really going to help me, and it wasn't bad, don't get me wrong, but it didn't solve my problems either. I was just miserable inside. I don't know a better way to describe that. I had been raised Catholic in part, and then I had been given a choice when I was a little older. If I wanted to go to church, I could, but I didn't have to. And for me, going to church just meant I had to miss cartoons and People that I knew that were in church, church never seemed to help them. So I never had a real reason that I thought that maybe it could help me. And then here I was in Saudi Arabia, in the military. The thing that I had hoped was going to like rescue me from being miserable and stuff in life and everything, you know, the army and and the military and the structure and the order of things and and knowing what to do and why you're doing it and a lot of different things along these lines, it wasn't rescuing me. It wasn't helping me, but now here I was and it was going to be wartime and still no help or anything. I had always been an artist and a friend had told me the, to start journaling and stuff, as, you know, especially when I was going through rough times and everything. And, and I would write poems and different things and everything. One day... I was writing and thinking about just being in misery and kind of depressed and stuff. And I'd written something down like a poem and I was reading it to myself and almost in tears, but I couldn't let myself cry because here I was surrounded by fellow infantrymen and in the infantry, you know, there's certain things that you don't necessarily want to do. I mean, sure you could, but do you really want to? As I looked up, there was a chaplain walking by. And I went up to the chaplain 
we didn't have any counselors or anything at the time because it was too early on. In other words, chaplains go with you to war, but counselors and all that kind of stuff, you don't always have access to those kind of a people or anything. And so this chaplain was walking by, and I knew that part of his job was to try and help people if he could. And I approached him and said, sir, I, I could use some help, but I can't talk about it, but you could read this. And he read this poem I'd written and looked up at me and said, we need to talk. And I said, bingo. <laughs> and so we set a time and I was able to go and meet with him and talk with him and stuff. And in sharing with him about life and stuff like that, one of the things that I shared with him was the beginning of a poem that I had written a long time ago when I was 16. And the beginning of the poem started out like this. A thought not thought before is a key to any door. I wish that I could see the one that holds that key to me. Basically, I'd shared that along with other things and everything. And, it, and this chaplain just was very patient. He listened. And at one point, he looked up at me and he said, I know who holds the key. I, I know who can help you if you give them a chance. And this chaplain shared with me, you know, Jesus, he could help. And I had been raised Catholic and I, I, I had believed in God and, and even in the Trinity. I believed the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but I'd never understood or, or known that, that God was, he wanted to help me, like he would really help me. Like he cares so much that I matter to him. And so when I was presented with the idea of, you know, do you want to let Jesus help you? Do you want God to help you through Jesus, his son, and what he did? And when that was first asked to me, my first thoughts were, is he going to hurt me? I was already miserable enough, literally and out loud, audibly. I actually said, is he going to hurt me? I, I'm already hurting too too much or enough and more than I can handle. And, and he just let it wait. He just let me sit with that. And after a moment or two, I went ahead and said, okay, sure, I'll give him a chance. And he led me in a simple prayer. I mean, basically the prayer was, Heavenly Father, I, I know that I've I've sinned, I've done and said and thought things that weren't pleasing to you, and and I believe that Jesus died and paid the price for my sins, and I receive what Jesus did, that I could be forgiven, and I and I welcome your Holy Spirit to come into my heart and to lead me and to guide me into getting to know you and thank you for saving me. And when I did that I felt as if a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. It was the craziest thing. If, if, if it could have been physical, it was. I mean, it wasn't, but it was that real. Something changed outrageously. And I'd been, I'd just begun born again. Now before this, I didn't really understand what born again means or anything like that. I, and I learned and understood it later as I started to get to know God better by reading the Bible and stuff, but something dramatic changed. And it, and ever since then, I just started growing in this, this relationship with God. 
My friends and family always wanted to help, but they couldn't. Even in college, before I joined the Army, I had tried to go to a counselor, and the counselor gave me a book that that taught me about being depressed. But, well, I was depressed. Thanks for a kick in the head. It, it didn't really help me. And the people I knew that were religious, they never seemed to have anything I wanted. There was never anything about their lives that made me think, oh, I want some of that. <laughs> and it's not that they didn't care. It's just they didn't have what I needed. They couldn't provide what I needed. And when I got born again, he gave me peace. He gave me something that nobody else could give me. I felt his peace inside, from the inside. Now, when I first got born again, Part of my thinking was literally, okay, great, this is awesome. Yes, send your spirit in me and let me float off into the, you know, in the air or something. And you can just take over my body in this life and I don't have to deal with the world or anything else. And Jesus was like, no, Victor, you don't get it. I, I'm saving you. And now the life that you have, I want you to live it for me. And the Bible even talks about us being bought for a price. And so when we're born again, when we're saved, when he saves us, now we have life, but it's life for him. And I used to be tempted by, you know, what if I got rid of my life? But I couldn't even really be tempted like that anymore now because, well, it, I didn't own it. <laughs> now it belonged to him. And so now the challenge was, okay, if I have to be here for God, then what does that mean? And how do I work that out? And how does he, is he going to work that out? And all of this ultimately leads back into the direction of, well, okay, now I've been born again. I've been adopted by God. The Bible even says that he gives a spirit of sonship, of adoption, a spirit of adoption that he puts into us who are who get born again. And so, okay, so now I've been adopted by God. I've just met my Father in heaven. How can I get to know him better and what it means to be one of his children? And how is that even going to be demonstrated in my life and stuff? Let me say this a different way. What does it mean to be more like Jesus? Because I can tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean to be replaced by Jesus. It means that now your life is not your own, but you're a child of God. And so being a child of God, the best example and expression of what that means and what that is to be a child of God to look at Jesus, the Son of God. And Jesus talked about how he would say what he heard his Father in heaven saying, and he would do the things that his Father was doing. He was being led by his Father in heaven. And, and then he said how he would send the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide anyone who believes in him. He would send his Holy Spirit to guide me in truth. And what truth? His truth. Where do I find that truth? Well, in the in the Bible and in life. He can lead me and guide me to become more like him, 
more like a child of God. What if I said it this way? If Jesus is a child of God and the best example of what it looks like to see a child of God, what if I said, what does a child of the world look like and act like and sound like and then compare that with a child of God? Now, some of this could even be a kind of a challenge in the sense of, well, how do I know the difference? What's the world versus God? And that's what I want to share with you today about three keys to growing as a child of God. And then there's one big prayer that I want to to offer and to offer to lead you and that and encourage you to pray for yourself, for your own life. The three keys to growing as a child of God are going to be this. Spend time in the Word of God, in the Bible. Grow in praying whenever you like. I say it like that. You know, sometimes I tell people, you know, you can only pray when God's listening, or you can only pray because praying is talking to God. And it's also learning to listen to God, but you can only pray, you know, if God's around. Well, okay, but God's everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So we can pray anytime, anywhere we can pray. We can pray, and I encourage people to learn how to pray using their lips, using their body. Other words, speaking, not just thinking. So not just in your mind praying, but actually out of your mouth. And I would say, if you don't want to pray out loud, like loud, like I'm talking right now, then I would encourage you to whisper. Let it be a whisper. Uh, you could pray in your car. You could pray. There's places in life that you, you're you alone and you could pray in those places. I know it may sound silly and crazy some, to some people, but I did a lot of praying in, in, in the bathroom, especially when I was in the military, because it was one of the few places that most of the time I was able to be alone. And I know that that might sound weird to some people, but if that's the only kind of a place that you can have some some alone time, then take advantage of that alone time. Key number one, again, was spending time in the Bible and reading the Bible. And on Thursdays, I'm going to be doing episodes of the podcast are going to be literally spending time in the Bible. And, and I'm going to create another episode to explain what that means and how that's going to work and everything. So listen in for that. Uh, that's probably, that'll be the next episode. Uh, and then, so one is spend time in the Bible. Two is growing in prayer. And then three is growing in doing and saying what God shows you to do and say. How does that even work? Oh my goodness, right? Like God's going to share with you what to be talking about or or what to be doing and my answer is going to be, yes, he will. How is he going to do that? By the Holy Spirit and by, by the Bible, by the words that you read and how he works with you and inside of you based on what he shares with you as you seek him out and spend time with him in prayer and in his word. You'll be amazed. The, the Bible speaks of Jesus and says that he, Jesus, is the word made flesh, the Bible, the words of God. This is very real. I mean, and thank God, it's this is not about religion or being religious. This is about having 
a real relationship with the living God. A funny story and very true. When I first got born again, I was like almost anti-religion, like anything about religion. If you said, Victor, you got to do this because that's what good Christians do. I was like, whatever. And I wouldn't care to do it because unless I read it in the Bible, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that because I want to follow and, and learn to do what Jesus wants me to do, what God wants me to do in the Bible. But if you're just doing it because of religiosity, well, I didn't care for that because that's really where I was. That's the way I felt about things. And on this one occasion, like I would go and we would eat meals in the army. We would eat meals at your appointed times and everything, but in the groups that you are with. And I would be around these other Christians and stuff and even the chaplains, and they would sit down with their food and they would pray and and give thanks to God. You know, people call that saying grace, right, or, or praying thanks to God for provision and stuff for the food. I would look at them and everything and I was like, well, that's a great idea, but you know, big whoop, it didn't make any sense to me. And then one day I was reading in the Bible and the apostle Paul says something to the extent of giving thanks to God for all things and everything and every way and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, why didn't they just tell me that it was in the Bible to be praying and giving thanks to God, uh, you know, blessing God for providing. I just, I had never heard it that way. And when I read it, I was like, oh, that's what they're doing. It was probably over a month. Like I would sit down, I would eat and I would think, oh, I didn't thank God for taking care of me and providing this food for me and everything. And so most of the time, especially early on after I got born again, I was, I was saying grace after I ate, thanking God for his provision and everything had nothing to do with it wasn't like God make this food good and healthy for me. It was more like, thank you for providing food. Like, bless you, Father God, for your provision to take care of me. I wasn't really asking God to turn something, you know, to make sure the food wasn't poisoned or something, right? But a lot of times it almost sounds like that, but it wasn't that. And so here I was, I would pray after I ate on a lot for a lot of times, a lot of days, because I just, I wouldn't even think about it. I would eat and then, oh, I wanted to thank God for that. And so I'd pray. And so doing and saying what God wants you to do or say, part of that comes as we spend more time in the Bible and spend more time with Jesus and watching how does God deal with other people in situations? How does he want me to deal with other people in situations? Well, the way that he does, how, how do I see and find out what that is? Well, I find all of that out in the Bible. And as I'm reading and everything, the Holy Spirit will show me and encourage me. And that's what I depend on. And so those are the three keys again. Spending time in the Word, grow in praying, and also grow in applying whatever the Lord teaches you as you're spending time with Him in His Word as well as in praying. The other amazing benefit of that is that you get to find out what is God and what is not God by default. If if someone says, oh, God says to do this, and it's against what the Bible says, and everything inside of you is like, no, that's not God, then maybe it's not. But the thing is, is if you grow in reading and learning more about God and the Word of God, then you have something to test with. 
whereas a lot of people never read the Bible and they don't know what God says, they don't know what the Bible says, and so when people talk to them about God, they don't really have a way to test it. And so sometimes they can get fooled that way. A lot, Definitely a lot easier to get fooled if you don't know what the Bible really says. And so we're going to be spending time on Thursdays in the Word of God. I'm going to give you an example of what it's like to study the Bible in the simplest way possible. Check out the next episode of the podcast, and I'll explain how that's going to work and why it's going to work and everything. And I'm excited about that for you now. The last thing I want to do is I want to I want to give you a prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer that some people call a lordship prayer. What that means is that just saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord. Uh, it's a way of saying, Jesus, I want you to take charge. And so if you're willing to follow me in that prayer, then pray this prayer with me or use your own words. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer and you can follow if you want to. Uh, or you can just use your own words to say a prayer like this. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Through Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being Lord and Savior. I want you to be Lord over everything about my life. I want to lift up everything about my life to you. And I want you to take charge and so whenever you show me what you want me to do or say or change or do differently or think about differently, I pray that you would, if you make it clear to me, then I want to do what you want me to. I want you to take charge and be Lord over my life and everything about it. If there's things you want me to turn away from, then I pray that you'd make those things clear to me. And then give me, help me, give me the strength I need, the encouragement, whatever it is I need, give that to me so that I can follow you and your ways and turn away from anything you want me to turn away from, whether it's entertainment, whether it's something I'm a part of, whatever it is, you make it clear and I, and I want you to take charge and be Lord and lead me and guide me and I want to go your way instead of my own. And instead of the way that this world says. And I praise you and thank you for being my Lord. And Father God, thank you for being my Father in heaven. I want to know you more. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.